Fentanyl. It could be hiding anywhere, including in your house, including in your medicine cabinet, or maybe at a friend's house where you're hanging out, playing games, and you get offered a pill. Don't take chances. If a drug didn't come from a pharmacy directly to you, you can find fentanyl by using a simple strip you can pick up at your local pharmacy. Don't take it until you test it, because fentanyl can be hiding anywhere. Brought to you by the Georgia Department of Behavioral Health and Mental Disabilities. Did your friend offer you a pick-me-up pill? If you take medication that didn't come from a pharmacy, it's important to test it for fentanyl. Fentanyl can be hiding anywhere. Pick up a test strip at your local pharmacy today and protect yourself from hidden fentanyl. Welcome to a special edition of What They Don't Want You To Know. Today's episode is a little special. I thought I'd throw in here a type of episode you will get if you are a patron supporter of this channel. This is one of the bonuses, the one of the extras. Uh, one of the sessions that I am recording and putting up for my patrons. But I thought I'd put it up here to give a sample of some of the content that you'll be getting as a bonus. So today we'll call this a bonus episode, one of the recordings that I made concerning um, issues in my life or deals in my life and the kind of things that you'll get for becoming a patron, becoming a sponsor or a patron of this channel are personal things, things like this. And you go to my patron channel, Professor Zero on patron.com, and you support this channel. Today's episode has to do with aliens. That's right, aliens. Things they certainly don't want you to know about. They don't want you to know that there is extraterrestrial life visiting this planet on a continual basis. We need to know the unexplained, the phenomenons of this world. And so here, without delay, I will give you a bonus episode of aliens and extraterrestrial life and my personal encounters with aliens. Thank you, and please become a patron of this channel by visiting patron.com and looking for Professor Zero. Thank you very much. The bizarre, the weird, the strange, the unaccounted, Today we are going to talk about some absolutely strange encounters, close encounters of the very first kind, second kind, third kind, even the fourth and fifth kind. We are going to talk tonight about those beings, those extraterrestrials that come from different planets, different galaxies, or maybe somewhere in the furthest reaches of our own galaxy. People say that there's something out there with the Drake equation saying that there has to be over millions and millions of civilizations out there with life, planets teeming with life. We understand that there must be some kind of encounters here on Earth. As you realize, 
our own development of technologies has been slowed down by the Middle Ages or what is referred to as the Dark Ages, where technology came to a crawl and people were only allowed to invent very sporadically, almost as if it was a witch hunt. If you were anybody that wanted to advance science, advance technology, then you were sought out, ridiculed, mocked, and even uh, at times your life was in danger. This went on for over a thousand of year, uh, over a thousand years here on Earth. So, if you can imagine where we'd be if the Dark Ages never happened, we would be in a place where technology would have advanced so far that reaching the nearest stars, Alpha Centurion, which is just a couple of light years away, or even further stars, would be possible at this point. We're talking now, uh, we now have the technology to have spacecraft hovering above our planet with our own real slow technology. So imagine what would have happened if our advances would have been able to expand to a realm beyond what we have now, another thousand, another 800, even another hundred years of advancements. We would be way beyond the moon, way beyond Jupiter or Saturn or even Uranus or Neptune. We'd be into the reaches of the edge of the galaxy and even beyond. We might have acquired uh, faster than light travel or at least near to light travel light travel, uh, NTL, near to light travel. That would have been something magnificent. So imagine other civilizations out there, uh, other beings, uh, to say the least. Uh, these kind of beings would be watching, watchers of the galaxy. Um, some may say, you know, these beings would have to look a little bit like us. And I agree to that. We're all brothers and sisters, all children of the same God, the same Heavenly Father. But of course, our appearance here on Earth even is different one from another, from one nation to another. I've traveled all around the world and I've seen people completely different. You and I are completely different. My skin is an olive skin tone. I have curly hair. Uh, I've seen people from Africa as black as the night. And when you call somebody black, uh, like my skin is black. My skin is actually a, an olive color, but I've seen people with the skin almost as dark as my hair, deep in the regions of Southern Africa. I've seen people in, from Canada that have skin almost as white as this light uh, from the sun. So it is uh, a wide range, even here on the planet. I've traveled to places like Argentina, where I've seen people that are literally four feet tall or shorter. Um, they definitely are human beings, and yet small, as small can be, almost like a dwarf or like a hobbit. And I've seen giants. I've traveled to uh, places in Europe, 
places in California. I saw a man in California that was seven foot eleven. I could not believe it. Seven foot eleven. He was almost eight feet tall, so he would reach the ceiling almost. He was performing uh, in a theater, a dinner theater, uh, an Excalibur show where they would joust and it was exciting. But the man was almost eight foot tall and it was unbelievable to me. I've seen people with noses that are wide, noses that are skinny, lips that are fill the whole bottom of your face. I've seen craniums, shapes and sizes completely different. And so why can't the variation of God's children be from one extreme to the other? People can say that they are these um, grays that come from other planets. And why not? Four limbs, two arms, two legs, five fingers, or maybe four, uh, if you want to be an extremist, um, people have said that there are giant uh, aliens that also exist in the Arizona desert, deep in the catacombs of um, government facility there. Uh, people have talked about these things in various places, so why not? Well, you may be skeptical of all these things, but the reality is when Roswell... Um, when there was a crash in Roswell back over 50 years ago, the first exclamations of the government were, first three days were that we've been visited by beings from another world. They admitted it. And then, of course, soon thereafter came the cover-ups and the uh, you know side stories and the swamp gas, etc., to make all of us believe their lies. Luckily, strange energy is all around. And these sightings are not just particularly uh, given to the government, but to people like you and I. Myself, I have had an encounter, a strange encounter with beings from another planet. It all started innocently. Uh, my family and I were taking a vacation down uh, the southern part of Utah, and we crossed the border into Nevada to a place called Mesquite. And there, there was a wonderful hotel, cheap as can be. So I got myself a double room and, uh, you know, had the kids on one side and us on the other. Everything was great. The pool was fantastic. Uh, we spent the day uh, just having fun. But um, soon the night came in. We were there for two or three days. And my wife noticed something outside the window, the horizon, up and to the horizon, just above our window, just hovering there, a star point brighter than any of the other stars. And she noticed this because she woke up for no reason in the middle of the night, two or three o'clock in the morning. I believe it was three o'clock in the morning, three something. Um, she had written it down in her journal. I didn't write it down myself, so I don't know the exact time. But she woke up and she says that she doesn't know why she woke up. But she woke up and she was immediately drawn to this light that just hovered in the distance. And it was, again, brighter, bigger, 
seemed odd, just hovering there. On the second night that she saw it, she woke me up and said, come over here. And I, of course, I was groggy. I didn't want to go over there. But I went to the window and I saw what could undeniably be something completely abnormal. This wasn't a light. This wasn't a star. It was a ship. And I could see the outlines of it. Even though as far away as it was, it was humongous. I could see the shape, almost an odd shape, not a circular shape. And from the sides of it, I could swear I saw sometimes what looked like little orbs emanating out of the ship from time to time. Well, we thought nothing of it until the third night. On the third night, the third night... I want to get to the third night because, you see, I have a special gift. Uh, many people have different gifts in the world. You know, you can do certain things with your body, uh, certain things with your mind. I have a particular power or rather resistance with my body that I, that I have. Um, it started when I was about uh, 16, I want to say 16 years old, 16, 15 years old. I got into a fight at school, and I had my nose broken. I know what you say now. My nose is straight, and beautiful, <laughs> handsome. Uh, but, uh, you know, I had to get it fixed. And so I went to the doctor. Um, they performed plastic surgery on me because I had a deviated septum from the, you know, the impact of the, of the fisticuffs that I had that day with a much larger, much broodier man. So, um, again, something that happens in high school to most of us. And so, um, you know, there I was uh, all bloody at the operating table and they gave me anesthesia. They knocked me out completely. And I asked, uh, you know, my fear was, Hey, you know, is that enough? I hope you give me enough because I don't want to wake up during the operation. Lo and behold, uh, my body was resistant. And during the operation, I woke up, I could see them with the scalpel and you know, performing this operation, I said to them, because I was able to wake up completely, I said, I don't have enough anesthesia. Could you give me some more? Because I've woken up now. Now, this remained with me. And as you can see, this is going to be a great impact for our story, because most people, most people, when they get abducted, they say, well, you know, I I, I don't know. There's a, there's been a, a flash of time, a, a certain amount of time has been removed from my existence and all of a sudden now I can't remember what happened during that time. <laughs> I can remember perfectly. What happened was, um, you know, it must have been four o'clock in the morning and I realized I was tied to some kind of some kind of bed, some kind of some guy I couldn't move. But all of a sudden I you know, I had my eyes closed and I woke up. I just woke up from whatever trance, whatever anesthesia that had been given to me. I woke up again in the same hotel down in southern Utah, crossing the border into Nevada. Um, all of a sudden, late at night, there I was on a metallic surface, just shiny. It must have been um, some kind of alloy. Uh, I, I don't think it was stainless steel, but it looked exactly like stainless steel. So um, I would describe it as stainless steel. 
but thinking where I was, I doubt it was, you know, our, our combination of metals, etc. I looked down and I noticed that I could, I could see, I saw some lights above me and then I saw the room and it was not a dark room. It was in an illuminated room. And next to me, I saw my wife a little further on. I saw some of my children because again, we had all gone on this vacation and they were all lying down on these tables flat. Now there were, there seemed to be um, some kind of restraints, but I don't think they were on any of us. We were just lying there um, and everybody was completely zonked out. Everybody that is except me. I just came to, just like I did in my operation when I was uh, 17, 16, 17 years old, getting my um, septum, my, you know, my broken septum uh, uh, fixed by uh, rhino, rhinoplasty. Uh, same thing happened. I woke up and I realized that my body felt numb, but that I could move if I wanted to. And I knew I had, I had the impression that I could definitely get up. And so I looked around and at that moment, I realized, you know, I've been abducted. This is seriously happening. I've been abducted. I'm on a spaceship and I'm far from Earth. I've got to get out of here. And I had a feeling of foreboding, a feeling of dread for me and my family, thinking that something serious is going to happen to us and I've got to fight. I got to fight my way out of there and I've got to do something about it. So, to to give you an understanding of that all my life, all of my life, I've heard these abduction stories. And ever since I was a child, I wanted to get abducted. I wanted to go to another planet. I wanted to go far away. I wanted to go to a different civilization. I wanted to be with the aliens. All that was all my dream, just to fly in a rocket ship and get to, you know, that nearest star, that nearest hospitable planet and just live among them. That was my greatest dream. That was my greatest dream until it happened. Because once I was there, the feeling of foreboding just crept from head to toe. And some people say aliens are benign or aliens are malignant. They come to destroy. Um, to me, I had a feeling and I could see it's more like a scientific thing. It's more like treating us as if we don't matter, as if we're ants, as if we're cows for instance, and I did not want to be in that situation. So I looked around and there was nobody there. There was no aliens that I could see at all. Um, like I said, I could see my family next to me, my wife, my children. And so I slowly crept off that surface that was definitely some kind of probing surface. It had apparatuses on top of me. There was like a light with four different kind of bulbs, or I want to say four or six, maybe four or six different kind of bulbs on there, multi-bulb in a spherical shape. Um, and there were other instruments that seemed to be above there, but I can't remember exactly. But what I did was get up and I went forward, took a few steps, and I was able to see, I, I don't remember if I went a few steps into another room or if it was the same room. But I remember I was able to see outside the window and we were in space. It was deep space. Um, and when I say deep space, it wasn't in the Milky Way somewhere. Deep space above the planet. So I could definitely see Earth. Earth was below us 
and to throw off the the uh, flat earth theories that say that the earth is flat um the earth was round and so either it was a projection on the screen if that's what you want to uh, call it that way you know an illusion or i was actually seeing the planet earth but either way i saw that outside uh, this plexiglass or whatever it was outside this this shield was definitely space it was black and below that just down and out huge was the planet earth so we couldn't have been uh in too far of an orbit above the planet it must have been um you know a, a, a few um you know, a few kilometers above the earth, who, who knows how many, I, I can't say per se exactly how far we were up, but I could see that the earth filled at least one quarter of the screen. So it was quite, um, quite big. Anyway, at that point I realized, you know, I got to get out of here. We, or I have to wake up the rest of my family and we have to find some kind of transport some kind of teleporting machine i assumed at that point because that's all i could do that these people had a the technology to teleport there was some transport somewhere near or i could escape in some kind of pod somewhere and how to fly this thing i don't know but i was going to go on a wing and a prayer and so what i did was i immediately went and i unbuckled or I, I can't remember exactly why they either. I, I don't think I unbuckled. I unhooked something or I I pulled out something. Some things might have got been stuck to my wife again. It's blurry. The memory is almost as if it was forcefully erased, but it wasn't because with this ability that I have to be able to, to wake up, while I am under an anesthetic, the same ability must have taken away whatever mental block they had put in me. So I know I can feel it, the, the, the mind block in there. And however, not like a dream, more like a vivid uh, reality that has been manipulated, tried to be removed unsuccessfully. Because what I do remember is whether I unplugged them or whether I unhooked some devices from whatever I did, I had, I wake, I tried to wake them and then I was successful at waking them. And so first my wife got up and a couple of my children. And at that point I said, we, you know, I explained to him, we are on an alien ship and we have to get out of here. So all of us, you know, me at the lead, we went out into what seemed to be a hall, circular, not circular, but curving hall. Um, and and we went out and I, I, in my mind, I'm searching for some kind of transport place. So we went, we found the first opening. It was a, uh, after the hallway, uh, a black door opening. And inside of it was a small, I'm going to say a 20 by 20 by 15 room, small room, medium-sized room. It could have been 20 by 20 with crates in it. And I'm talking Indiana Jones crates here, you know, Temple of Doom or, or uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark where they put the, the, the crate, the crates of the Ark on top of other crates. Not that many crates. There must have been 
probably six or seven crates uh, flat on the floor. And I thought to myself, in there, there's got to be something. Now, during that procedure, as we were going across the hall, we saw that some lights panels started to flash and there was some kind of an alarm. It wasn't a loud alarm, but we knew and I knew that we had been, you know, we've been detected. So at this point, it's do or die. There is no way that these people are going to abduct my family, take us for some experiments to some other planet, cut us up into big chunks. We have to escape. So I am opening these crates. I'm looking inside of them. I found some apparatuses in there. I did not know what they were, didn't know what to grab. So I'm grabbing through, and at that point, I realized I don't know what to grab. I don't know what to do. I'm trying to find some kind of platform because, you know, I'm a Trekkie. I'm a Star, you know, I love Star Trek. I'm thinking platform, get on it, and I'm going to teleport me and my family to do the zzz, you know, and everybody's going to get transported down. Or I'm going to find some kind of, uh, again, I'm looking for a spacecraft, a, an ejection pod, something like that. Anything in my mind thinking to get away from these people. Here they come. They come through the door and they found us. They've caught us. Blank. From that spot, I don't remember what they looked like. They were shadowy to me. Um. I, I do remember seeing them, and I do remember seeing their features, but I don't remember what they were. Again, this is the mind block I'm talking about. There was something there, some people there, some, and I call them people because they were definitely bipeds with, you know, the, the frame of a human being. And it's not that I don't believe there can be creatures out there flying a spaceship. Sure, there can. Monkeys fly spaceships all the time. You know, we send out monkeys outer space we send them to, to the moon to back we even send dogs and who's to say in other planets animals have not you know they have different kind of animals over there that are even more intelligent than monkeys they could have something like uh you know a dolphin but that walks around you know who's to say what's god's creations are and this dolphin creature whatever it is could be talking to or or communicating to God's creatures, human beings on other planets that look similar to us, but not exactly to us. And those people could say, hey, you know, we're going to send these intelligent animals to other planets to explore. That could happen as well. So we could get some of these Star Wars, whoa, looking kind of aliens. Sure, why not? They could be animals, intelligent animals from different planets. There could also be um, cyborgs. Why not? You know, why send yourself to another planet when you could send a machine Send an intelligent uh, machine that has uh, capability of thinking, capability of maneuvering and sending back information to your home world. Why not, right? But in this case, that's not that's not what happened. These shadow beings that came to the door, or no, it wasn't a door; it's an opening. It's an oval. I'm going to say ovalish shape like that. Um, they were they were definitely humanoid, and. Their features, I remember, except I don't. They're blocked. And so I don't remember what they look like. But they came in and we were caught. And I knew we were caught and blank. The next thing I remember is waking up on my bed. And I knew it was hours later because 
it was almost the morning time. How did I know this? Because on the ship, it was earlier. It was, it was, I, I knew that it was very late at night. I knew it must have been four o'clock, um, three o'clock in the morning, something around this. Waking up, the sun was about to come up. In other words, it wasn't sunset quite yet, but it was very near sunset. And this little, I woke, I looked up, this little light was there, shining, looking at me. The light in the distance where I knew I'd been, I'd been in that ship with my family. And why I was in my hotel room, I don't know, hours later, because time disappeared. Why I was there hours later, I don't know. And what they'd done to us, what they probed us with, I don't know, except that my wife, in the back of her tooth right here, she had something. She could feel something. She could feel. And she went to observe it from that moment on. And she had some surgical cuts in her gum up here on her second to last tooth. Surgical cuts. She didn't have those before. Something that could only be produced with a scalpel or some other kind of cutting um, material. But she definitely had something, and she knew there was something in her tooth. And so, you know, to cut, uh, to fast forward a little bit before I go back to my story, uh, that tooth bothered her from then forward for years. Uh, finally, the tooth came out. She hasn't had it analyzed, but she kept the tooth that broke into pieces. This is what happened. It broke in two, and then it broke in two again. She kept those pieces. She's got them in a Ziploc bag, and she will be uh, getting those analyzed. What does my wife say about all this? My wife says that she was abducted, but that I wasn't, <laughs> you know, that she remember anything that happened on the ship. No, she doesn't. She doesn't. Um, she didn't share the same uh, memory that I did, but she has a strong feeling. She says, look, you know, this, and it didn't go away for a very long time. It didn't heal those cuts in her gum. And so, Going back to waking up, there I am. I'm looking up, and I'm looking through the window of that hotel room. We must have been on the on the uh, fourth floor, I believe. And looking up above to the horizon, right before the sunset, I saw that ship again. And I said, they're looking at me, and I'm looking at them, and I know what's happened. And what, what happened? What did they do? Did they experiment on us most certainly did they treat us like lab rats most definitely they did and why they returned us why didn't they take us to their planet i don't know if i created a fuss did i fight with them did i attack them did they decide that i was too fierce a creature too fierce uh, a man that i wasn't going to allow them to take my family to a different world and, and experiment on us because these again these weren't benign beings they weren't evil beings, but they I had that creepy feeling that they 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 could care less about us. They could care less about hurting us. That to them this was all an experiment. They weren't evil per se, but they certainly weren't benign. They weren't of a nature of we're gonna come and help you. No, we're gonna help ourselves and you're our lab rat experiment and we're taking you. And I had that specific feeling that these guys or whether they told me or whether it's just something I remember 
they were taking us to their home world. And again, that was something I've always wanted as a kid. And I even told my wife if that, you know, when we got married, if that ever happens, if we ever get a chance to go to another planet, we're going. And her first reaction was, no, we're not. <laughs> yes, we are. I'm the man and you're following me. But when I was in that situation, no, we're not was the answer. These were not benevolent creatures, and they certainly weren't going to share their technology and share their good life and their homework, home world with me and my family. Oh, no. We were going to be the subjects of intense and horrible research. And so I don't know why we ended up in the hotel and why I woke up all of a sudden, returned, returned home. But what I do know is I must have fought my way out. I must have, I must have reasoned with them. They must have understood me. And I must have said, knowing how I am, I must have talked them out of taking us. Because I, I must have explained to them that I, I'm not going to fall victim to their, to, to their sleep or to, to, to their anesthesia. And I must have explained to them that, you know, I... I can wake up and there's nothing you can do about it, you know, or, or to their memory blockage. And so they must have changed their mind and done something else, you know, introduce this chip to my wife and her tooth. Or maybe to me, I, I don't, I don't know. I haven't detected anything in my gums or anything. I, but then again, um, I don't feel pain that much either. That's another one of my powers. I've had, uh, back surgery. I broke my back. I was in a car accident and yet, um, you know, what I use for that is ibuprofen. And there is pain. I know there's pain there. It's an intense pain, but I, I'm able to somehow either block it out or uh, manipulate it so that it's not something that alters my life. I, I have it. It's a part of me. So again, with these abilities that I have, I must have I must have been able to get my way and get myself out of this situation. And they knew I was going to wake up again and again and try to sabotage their ship. So there I was, woke up, looking up. And um, well, I woke up my wife <laughs> and I told her what had happened. And she looked at me and, and then she found the, the scrapes on her teeth. She didn't believe me at first. She said, no, you're just dreaming that because we were talking about the aliens for three, two, three days. I think it had been the, the third night, the second night. We, so we've been talking about these aliens that she saw up in the sky, this light, this obvious light that's an extraterrestrial a spaceship uh, in the same spot hovering. And so we've been talking about this. You just got yourself a suggestion and you had a nightmare. But my son had a similar dream. And I said to her, you know what? It did happen. And she said, I don't remember anything. I said, of course you don't because the block worked on you. And then she, you know, she was awake. It was almost morning time. And then she went, she was, you know, she went to the bathroom and then she came out with this look on her face. She says, I have some cuts on my teeth. And she was serious about it. I have some cuts on my teeth. What are these? I mean, there's definitely, and she, she was, you know, she realized I've been taken, I've been abducted and, you know, whatever my husband's saying, you know, that's a dream, but I, I've been taken and I, she didn't know what to do. 
she didn't know what to do. And um, I tried to tell her I was the hero. I rescued us. I, I got us out of that situation. Um, but she didn't believe me. And that's what happens with most uh, people. Most people that have a similar experience, an abduction. You don't even get believed by other abductees. You know, other, other people that have had similar experiences. You know, was it a dream? Was it a nightmare? Was it a vivid dream? Was it a vision? Or did it really happen? You be the judge for the strange energy is all around us. It's in the air. It's in the water. It's in your mind. In your spirit. There are strange things happening everywhere. And the night goes bump. So you be the judge and tell me, is this just a coincidence or did strange energy really happen? Until next time, I hope you don't get abducted till we meet again.